series that we've been calling All for One, and two weeks ago we talked about how we are united with Christ, which is still blowing me away. I don't know, for, for the last two weeks, the fact that I, my spirit is actually united with God's spirit is unbelievable. And then last week, my wife Susie got up here and spoke about how not only are we united with him, but then we're united with each other. And a very, very cool gift from God of creating a community of people who really love each other. And so today, in our third week, we're talking about how we're also united in purpose. So we get united with God, we get united with each other, and then we are united in our purpose. And so at K2, for 10 years, we've been saying that we're focused, we're tight, and we're out there. And so today, we're going to be looking at some of the stuff that we're doing out there, outside of these four walls, how we are taking the love of God and impacting this community and the world around us. And so uh, the first part of the message is actually going to be other people just sharing their stories, and we're going to celebrate the fact that God is on the move through people here. So get ready for a great morning. Let's enjoy. Here we go. In my life, I look back at all the wonderful friends I've had surrounding me through hard times and through joy. And I can't imagine living a life without being able to experience it with those, with those dear ones in my life. I look at Christ's community and I look at his call to, to us as believers um, to be in community with each other, to be the body of Christ, to to just simply love on each other. I mean, what does that mean, love on each other? You know, I'm not the guy that can, can pray as good as the next guy. I'm not the guy that can know the scriptures as, as good as the next guy. So, so how can I be with somebody in their, in their pain? And I just believe that Christ called us to be with each other and walk with each other. It's as simple as that. To heed Jesus' call to relentlessly love the homeless of our community. With reckless faith, we trust Him to draw our hearts together in friendship. Hi. Hi, uh, good morning, K2. I'm Jason Unruh. I'm with the uh, Street Crew Outreach Team here at, uh, at K2. And I've got some friends here, uh, Joe Cho and Caleb Hanley, that are doing some really uh, awesome stuff uh, in the... In, in the city. And uh, so guys, tell, me, tell us a little bit about how you guys met. Um, so yeah, my name's Caleb. I, I actually went through the rescue mission of Salt Lake program uh, for alcoholism. And I actually got some great deliverance from that, but which leads me to meeting Joe. He came about six months ago and um, <clears throat> I just saw how he loved like people genuinely like he didn't come to just uh just to fulfill like a sunday kind of thing he was just always there talking to people and so i i just really felt the love of joe and so i just wanted to yeah just meet him and be his friend cool and that leads us to the next thing what are you guys doing well god has um placed a desire in my heart and in caleb's heart actually independently to uh open up our home to those who don't have a home and to uh, open up our, our dining room table to those who don't have one to sit around. Yeah, so you guys, yeah, you can clap for that. That's cool, right? Yeah, bring that on. Um, that is super cool. So just to add a little more detail to that, you, you guys are literally inviting folks in and you're having dinner 
and in your in your apartment, which you just barely acquired, right? Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, how did you get there? <laughs> well, it, it's uh, you know this is God placing this desire in our hearts. You know, it's not some obligation that we feel we got to do or something that we do so that we can earn our salvation or anything like that. This is just, you know, experiencing God's grace and his unrelenting love and, and wanting to respond to that. And uh, God had placed this desire in Caleb's heart about five years ago um, to, to open up his home to the homeless. And, and uh, so he planted that seed. And then also like about four months ago, started working on my heart and saying, you know, you need to do this. And uh, the, the thing is, is that I don't cook. I'm, I'm not a cook. And uh, so God sent me down to the mission to meet Caleb, who's a professional chef. You know, and it's, it's been awesome. Right. All right. And so the next thing, so I am sure you guys have the, the entirety of this, entirety of this all planned out, right? You got, you got this all hammered out in detail? No. no. I mean, I think for us, it's been really good. Uh, to not have a plan, to to let go and just really let the Lord take over. Mm. And uh, that's been the best thing. Uh, even just today, I've been seeing all the people I'm inviting for the next one. Mm. Uh, Biddy is one of our friends, and he's he never comes to church, and he's here today. So it's just amazing how like God has appointed the t who, who we're going to invite. Uh, and uh, just really, he's the one doing the work, working mm. on people's hearts. And... Uh, so it's, it's really amazing to just kind of let go and let God be the, the planner. You know? Yeah. All right. I appreciate that. And uh, just thank you guys for what you're doing. Do you have uh, anything else you'd like to say about what you guys are doing out in the city? Uh, not, not really, but we, we do want to ask the church here to pray for us. Uh, we need your prayers yeah. in, this, in this endeavor. And um, we, we also want to say that uh, we really appreciate and thank Street Crew and uh, the church, the K2 church for their support. Um, we've been using your van, um, which has yeah. been awesome. So thank Sweet. you very much. All right. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And uh, just prayers for you guys. And, and thank you for trusting God into a complete and total unknown. That is exciting. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Members of one community are dealing with the pain of being forced apart from their loved ones. Not by war or natural disaster, but by the bizarre orders of one all-powerful leader, their so-called prophet. I was born and raised in the FLDS church. I grew up as a polygamous child and also became a polygamist wife. The only one worthy to go to the highest degree of glory in the the only one worthy to become gods and goddesses, kings and queens of the are those who enter into plural marriage through the prophet of God. As you are faithful, as the young men build up the prophet to the Lord's land, as the young ladies are faithful to their good father.
Hi, I'm Dave Elsog. I'm one of the pastors here at K2, and I get to uh, talk to Mike and Don for a little bit and um, about their ministry to the FLDS people. And um, how, did you, how did you get into this, you guys? Well, we moved to uh, Utah 12 years ago. I came here to pastor the Mountain Springs Community Church, and during that time, we met a young lady who had left a polygamy situation with her family. She became a part of our family, and then we... Uh, uh, we got uh, introduced into the polygamy community and cultures, and um, which I didn't even know existed. And now, uh, uh, some est the estimates uh, are that uh, there's anywhere from 60 to 120,000 people living in polygamy in Utah. Wow, that's amazing! It's an amazing statistic to hear, and sometimes even hard to believe. Uh, stories that you hear uh, coming out of there. Tell us a little bit about what's happening right now in the FLDS culture, what's happening down in Hildale, Colorado City, where mm -hmm. you minister. I get to uh, Hildale, Colorado City. I spend four to uh, uh, maybe sometimes five days a month there. And uh, it's really strange. Uh, the, the prophet, Warren Jeffs, who you heard speak, is in prison in Texas, but he runs it out of his prison cell and his brothers uh, carried out. Uh, as an example, all marriages have been dissolved. Uh, in order to stay a member of that cult, uh, all parents had to sign over uh, legal custody of their children to the church. And, um, and so the children are being mixed among families. They're trying to break the bonds between children and, and parents. And uh, we, we come there, those who come out, we're working uh, with, very closely with Brody and Liz Olson, who uh, together were planting a church there the first time ever. And we believe that the, the only hope for that community is to reach them for Christ. Mm. It's been great to get to know Brody and Liz over the years too. And mm. uh, just this young couple that came and decided they're gonna just live there in the city and uh, reach people for Christ. So they're pretty awesome. Um, you also work with Holding Out Help. Tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about how you work with them and what, what they do. Uh, yeah, you take uh, Brody and Liz, are church planters. We're Great Commission Utah and then Holding Out Help, who, who also is supported by K2. Um, uh, we work, we're kind of, I, I say we're three peas in a pod because we work together. And, and uh, Holding Out Help helps a lot of the people coming out, whether they're single individuals, lost boys, uh, uh, or moms coming out with their kids. Uh, we just work very, very closely with them. That's great. Um, I'm going to have, have Don get the last word in here, if that's okay Woo! with you. Um, these guys work together, and they minister to families. And uh, if you don't know these guys, they're, they're like mom and dad to so many. Uh, tell us, uh, Don, just share a little story about what, what has been going on with you in the FLDS church. Well, having lived with Mike as many years as I have, I've had to walk a lot of different paths and different journeys, but this is probably the most amazing journey God has taken us on, but it's also one of the most difficult. A few weeks ago, Holding Out Help was seeking a home, temporary home, for a mother with her six children. And we sat across the table having a cup of coffee, and Mike said, Don, what do you think? We have two bedrooms downstairs and living kind of an open area and a little bit of a kitchenette, but not really very, very great. But we've had other families live with us for a short period of time, but a mom with six kids. I groaned and I moaned and I argued with God. I mean, literally argued. I said, I don't want to do this. Uh, we've had a busy summer. I don't want to do this. And instead, 
Two days later, um, they arrived at our yard, on our, yep. They walked in the house, and the little six-year-old said, you're ugly, ugly, ugly. Woo! I said, really? And that was just the beginning of the, probably some of the most difficult, unbelievable. The children were rude, disobedient, nasty, mouthy, and they had been told that if they obeyed their mother, who they de disclaimed as a mother, they were now named Jeffs. That's not their name, but they have taken that name. And they were told, if you obey her, you will not get to the highest heaven and you'll never see Warren Jeffs. No, uh, Joseph Smith. And they believe it. So they have been taught how to be rude and nasty. They lived in our house only four and a half days. And we're praying that by the end of October, we can move them into a pr more permanent setting. They're hiding out right now. Holding out help is, is working to find them housing by the end of October. That's just one example of many, many more. And uh, it, I, I see progress. They were at our house for four hours on Thursday, and we, we made it fine. We didn't have any bubble gum in the floor or on the walls. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes uh, ministering to those in need is kind of messy, isn't it, Don? Isn't it, Mike? Well, thank you guys for coming up and sharing today. And um, uh, you want to say one more thing, Mike? Yes. Well, uh, just say thank you to everyone gathered here because you're a part of K2, and K2 is a part of this ministry. And so, so it's your ministry in Colorado City. Please continue to pray for us. It's been a very violent week uh, in, in Colorado City in the last week. Mm -hmm. So, And then we have a booth over in the uh, red box if you want to have more information. Great. Thank you guys so much. I just really felt this very strong prompting from God to be more in. I got invited to be in a small group by Naveen, and it was something that was missing in our lives. I just was floating on the top, and it was really about diving more in, and um, I happened to sit behind Naveen on a Sunday, and he said he was starting a group, and it would happen to be very close to our homes. This is the first church group I have been actively a part of. Everyone is really desperate to have the community there. It started structured right away. We did a Bible study right away, and we were just hungry for that. Once in the group, it was just, it was just an amazing experience. The group keeps me involved, and if I try to sneak off, they bring me right back on track. <laughs> so it's great. Ours is really a eclectic group. It's a group of people that you'd never see together outside of our group. We're all different, and we're all different ages. We're all different parts of life. I think this group is the best just because of the amount of diversity we have, not only in ages, but walks of life and walks with Jesus. And the fact that we have all these different types of people makes us stronger. We bring all of these perspectives together and really draw upon our differences to make the group more complete. We respect where everybody's coming from, and we don't have to be a certain way or do certain things. We all have different ideas, and it all seems to come together. I honestly don't know where I'd be without them, because they have definitely lifted me up when I needed to be. We genuinely lift each other up when we're going through difficult times. We're supportive of each other, and we can help each other through 
our struggles and we rejoice with each other and the happiness. Everyone in the group really helps each other support what's important to them. You know, we've done uh, porches and, and ramps and, and cleanups and... We'll get together and build a wheelchair ramp or um, serve Salt Lake. We try to think of different things that all of us have our interest in and then we just kind of involve the entire group. We come up with social activities, we have service projects, we do all these things and we do them together. We really try to do life together. As we grow together, we are even more fo focused tighten out there. Hi there, I'm Danielle Vons. I'm the Outreach Coordinator here at K2. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, so I have the pleasure of being with the leaders of this wonderful Life Together group. If you're not familiar with what that term is, it's our small groups here at K2. And uh, so Mike and Krista Norris have been leading that group for quite some time. Tell us how long you've been together. Okay. Tell us about your history. All right, uh, well, so we started uh, during the seven series that, that Dave taught, and there were a number of groups that started. Um, and uh, Naveen and Autumn, Pammy, opened their home and, and invited a group of us. And as some, some folks said in the video, we're, we're an eclectic group. Um, but anyway, we had some folks, and they're like, all right, we're committing to seven weeks, and they know who they are. Um, <laughs> but they've still been coming, and in January, actually, we're gonna celebrate five years together, so. Isn't that awesome, yeah. It's a big anniversary celebration, I think. Definitely, definitely. So um, tell us how this began. How did Jesus start to move in your hearts to get you to where you are now, five years ago, in service? Okay. Yeah, so we, we came together as a group. God brought us together. And, uh, you know, we spent that time um, sharing our lives with each other. Uh, I think we've done a really good job of the focused and, and tight but uh, we, we were working on that out there a little bit. And so it started out, we would bring up, hey, does anybody uh, you know, have a service project idea? And for a long time, it was crickets. And then uh, finally, um, Andrea, one of our members said, hey, we could go serve at the food bank. And we did that and it was awesome. And then uh, we had some service projects helping build things. And so it just kind of grew from there. And uh, everybody now, shares their ideas, brings their ideas to the group, and, and we feel like our role is to kind of be cheerleaders and also kind of a homeroom for people who are, who are serving and, and knocking it out for, for God, so. Oh, that is awesome. So can you tell me, how, how have you seen your hearts as well as the hearts in your, in your group? How have you seen changes? How has that affected you? Well, like he was saying, you know, in the beginning, it was pretty intentional. We, we knew God was calling us to, to be out there, and we knew that we would be closer as a group if we did things together. But slowly, people's hearts really started, you know, catching on fire f for particular areas. And so they felt like they could bring those ideas to the small group, and then they knew that we would be there to support them, whether they needed manpower for s construction projects or whether they needed... Um, resources, we, we've done some things for holding out help, collected some things that they've needed, or whether they just need prayer support. Um, Naveen Pami has a project in India, a water project in India, and we can't go to India at this point to support him, but we absolutely can support him in prayer and encouragement while he's working on that project. So I think our, our hearts are all stirred, um, and, and maybe we're involved in some things now that we might not have been involved in because we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have shown up on our radar, but because our group members have brought it to our attention, there we are involved in it, so it's cool. 
That's wonderful, wonderful. So uh, is there anything specific you're doing right now or of the past few recent months that uh, you could share with us? Well, so we have uh, Maureen Evans, who's, who's kind of spearheaded our holding out help, but also the, the kids feeding kids um, uh, and, and Sandy working on that together. We've got uh, Andrea going on the Honduras trip. And then uh, one of our new members really just starting is, is going to get involved in Ekudzini. So, I mean, we, we, we cover the gamut and, and it's because God has, has laid a, a, a stirring on, on everybody's individual hearts. So. That is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and what awesome things this Life Together group is doing. So today, uh, we're celebrating outreach here at K2 today. So uh, after the service, in the red box, so if you could take just a few couple extra minutes after service, go over there. We have all of our ministries that we love and support uh, through K2 over there and their leadership. So Go over there, have some conversations. We're not asking you to go over there and sign up for every single thing or one thing just because, but take the time and say, God, what are you, what are you leading me to? What, how can I share the gifts that God has blessed me with? So ask him to really reveal that to you, and he, and he will. So go over there, take a few minutes, and talk to the leadership that's over there. It'll be, it'll be a great experience. But thank you so much. Thanks to the Norrises and their group for just saying yes to Jesus, because that's, that's a big part of it. As you heard today, we don't always know what's going to happen, but just say yes, take that chance on him, and, and he'll lead you. So thank you so much. South Salt Lake currently has the greatest concentration of poverty and the lowest quality of education in Utah. K2 is helping change this by participating in neighborhood beautification projects and volunteering with children at the PAL Center. Jules exists to support women in the adult entertainment industry. Their mission is to reach women with the message that they are loved and valued. Many individuals and families from polygamous communities are losing their homes on a daily basis. You can join K2 by helping provide housing, counseling, and love for these individuals. Feed My Starving Children is a Christian-based organization that is committed to feeding God's children hungry in body and spirit. Volunteers hand-pack specially formulated meals for malnourished children. These meal packs are sent to distribution partners supplying 50 countries a year with food for starving children. We are partnering with FMSC and have committed to pack a minimum of 100,000 meals on February 21st, 2015. Our desire is to make this a community humanitarian project by getting area churches and businesses involved, both financially and physically as a volunteer. 500 volunteers will be needed on that day to pack meals. Our campaign is Kids Feeding Kids. For over eight years, K2 has partnered with a church in Honduras that is on the edge of the highest poverty rate in Central America. You can help feed and educate impoverished children in the most dangerous countries through our partner church, Iglesia en Transformacion. Since 2012, K2 The Church has sponsored over 200 orphans in the village of Ekudzeni. We have helped build a church, a well, and provided shoes, education, and basic medical care. You can sponsor a child or serve missionally with K2 and Ekudzeni.
Last year, K2, as part of their capital campaign, decided to invest the first 10% of monies raised into out there ministries, basically giving away the first 10%. The goal of the fund is to allow K2, the church, to invest in the dreams and visions of individuals, LTG groups, families, and established organizations in reaching everyone with the love of Jesus. We're about 10 months in and some amazing things have already happened. K2 has invested in projects both big and small with three goals in mind. Is the project missional? Does the project put God's love on display in our city, region, and our world? Is the project gravitational? Does the opportunity attract others to the cause? And is the project multiplicational? More than simply spending money, does the project create multiplied giving? We are partnering with people like you who are responding to God's call to be out there. Let me introduce you to some of the projects we're working on. Local Church Catalyst provides water filters to families in India. Each installed filter can provide clean water for six to eight people for the rest of their lives and at just $40 a filter. The filters are installed by Christian ministers who establish a relationship with the family. If you have a heart for the poor, a small investment of $40 can have a huge impact in this third world country. Cross Culture Club gives international students and scholars the opportunity to learn American culture, improve their conversational English, and make friends from around the world. If you have a heart for other languages and cultures, they need volunteers. The Vine Institute connects Christian leaders in Utah to strengthen churches in Utah and celebrate God's glory with one another. The Vine provides theological courses in Utah and abroad and has taught hundreds of active ministry leaders. The Vine strives to offer their courses to all those who wish to participate. They depend on contributions from people like you to keep the organization operating. Holding Out Help assists those transitioning from a polygamous background into an independent and self-sufficient life. They currently operate a community center in the heart of Colorado City, providing resources such as food distribution, social activities, sports camps, a thrift store, and hope to people who are living in an unstable environment. Their desire is to do more by purchasing this community center and expanding their programs and resources to this community. Because He Loved Us First provides after-school tutoring and youth sports programs to Somali refugee children here in Utah. They currently have three basketball teams who play league and tournament games and are reaching dozens of at-risk youth. So what has God planted in your heart? Are you interested in building God's kingdom through one of these groups? They could all use you, your time, your talents, and your resources. Or do you have your own vision for reaching others with the love of Jesus? Are you all in on your idea but being slowed down by finances? Members of the First Fruits Fund will be in the lobby after service to answer any of your questions. All right, there you go, K2. Way to go. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's really, really, really exciting. That um, the list is just long and it's very cool that as we've been saying for 10 years, we want to be focused tight and out there. And there are so many things that you've seen right now that are happening outside of these four walls. And uh, even this right here that we just celebrated, this First Fruits Fund, just, Eric's going to come up a little bit later again. We've been celebrating, right? Because next week we're 10 years old as a church, which is awesome. And uh, so don't forget, uh, different services, 9, 11, and 1. So make sure you pick up your tickets and, for that. But what's, what's exciting is, again, last year when we did our Everyone Matters campaign, that everyone in this valley matters to God so that we could get into, into our new facility, you need to know that 10% of every dollar that goes to that campaign, first fruit, right? First 
is going out to minister to the people who are in need in this local valley and around the world. And that is just, I, I'm so excited about that. And, but what I love about this, and don't miss this, that what's happening in your heart? What's going on inside of you? Because here's what's so exciting to me. Um, every, almost everything that we're doing that's outside these walls has started from a seed that was in somebody's heart that was sitting out there just like you, right? How many of you were at Chosen yesterday? Anybody there? Okay, fantastic event. And so, so Amy King is one of our, she actually moved out here with us, and God has put a passion inside of Amy for those who, kids who don't have a family and who need to be adopted. And here's what you find, right? We discovered two weeks ago that if anybody actually puts their faith in Christ, if you believe in Jesus Christ and receive him, then he says, my spirit actually gets united with your spirit. See, if that happens, then here's what's going to happen. That means that everybody who will join this community, this church, you will be given a passion. And that passion will also be a method, some sort of compassion. Because if Jesus is inside you guys, there's no way that it can't get outside of you. That's why everything we do, in 1 John it says, if someone sees, if you're born of God and you see actually a brother or sister who's in need and you don't do anything about it, he says, how can the love of God be in you? Because if you've received Christ, if you're united with him, which we talked about two weeks ago, then one of the things that's going to happen is you're just going to come out and you're going to do something. So all of our missionaries that we support up there, so Julie Nans in New York, Chad in Pittsburgh, Amy doing adoptive ministry, Mike down in the polygamy ministry, and Mary Lynn, who's down in Honduras, all five of those were people who were just sitting there in the, the auditorium, just like you are today. And God gave them a passion for something, and they gained a compassion, and they went out there, and now ministry is totally taking place because of that. So on Friday, our, our last group that just went to Agazeni just came home, right? And we're in Agazeni taking care of kids who needed food and clean water and clothing and medical care because God gave Sally Townsend compassion and passion. We're in Honduras. We're going to commission our team here in just a little bit. And we're in Honduras because God gave Stephen Kim Farencrow a passion and compassion for the kids down there who are in an amazingly tough situation. So we're down in the street crew, downtown with the homeless, because God gave Jason Orvis and Jason Unruh and, and Russ Johnston passion and compassion. So everything that we're doing is because it rose up within people. And then they went out and they're just doing something about it. And so that's I just, the first thing before we move on is I just want to let you know, if you're in here today and you are, you're like, man, I, you would say, I'm a follower of Christ. I believe in him. Then you got to remember what we taught two weeks ago. And that means that your spirit then is one with Jesus. And if Jesus is inside of you, there will be some sort of move outside of you. Now, here's what's crazy, right? If you talk to Amy King, all she'll talk about is orphans, and everybody should care about the adoption, right? And, if you talk, yeah, and then if you talk to Mike Menning, everybody should care about the polygamists, and if you talk to uh, Sally, everybody should care about, and, and, and we all know we're not all supposed to care about everything, right? But there, it, there will be something that God will put in your heart. And I want to encourage you to stop and open yourself up and just think, when is the last time? When is the last time someone in the world who was in need got touched through me? When was the last time that I took a step of compassion towards another person? As a church, you guys, there are multiple opportunities 
for you to take those steps. And I really want to encourage you to do that. Hey, here's another application step you could take. It's in your program. <clears throat> but on October 9th, it's a, it's a Thursday night, we're going to be, uh, there's a conference that's coming here to, to Salt Lake called Q. And uh, it's not a very well-known conference. It's kind of new. But this whole conference, it's actually a national conference that goes on once a year. And it's all about how people of faith of, who are following Christ are actually bringing, bringing Christ into their sphere of influence, into their culture. And I think sometimes that's hard for us. We think, well, I, I'm going to church, so I do this for an hour here. But what Jesus really wants to do is say, no, man, I want to live in you and through you wherever your workplace is, wherever your place of recreation is. And so Q, the, I've been for about four or five years now, and it's, it's amazing to me. It's so inspiring because you just see how people are taking the faith of Jesus and they're bringing it into the very world that they live in. So this year, they're actually doing something different. It's usually a three-day conference, but they're going to do a one-night deal for just two hours on Thursday night, October 9th. The first hour is going to be national speakers who are televised in. Tim Keller, who's my favorite, will be speaking, and Ann Voskamp, who wrote A Thousand Gifts, will be speaking, and, um, and then there will be a roundtable about how is it that the church should actually be involved in culture. So if you struggle with that, if you're like, man, I don't even think about that, can I encourage you, man, join us on Thursday night. So three uh, national, and then we'll have three local speakers, and we'll dive into how we can, how we can engage in that. So what I want to do, though, in, in just a few minutes today, because we really wanted to take half our message and just give people a chance to share with you, and I just want to wrap up by sharing with you, here's something else that K2 is absolutely committed to, though. And that is, what's interesting is it's actually pretty easy to get people to care about kids who are struggling with hunger. And it's pretty easy to get people to care about uh, clean water. And it's pretty easy to get people, you don't have to be religious, you don't have to be Christian, you don't even have to believe there's a God, right? I mean, how many of you know people who aren't religious at all, who care about clean water, <laughs> and care about starving kids, and they care about orphans? Because it's just humane. Now, one of the coolest things that Jesus did when he was on earth is he showed us what it is to be fully human, <laughs> And that is why, if he's living inside of you, you will care about these type of things. But it's really easy to get other people around, it's, and it's exciting. It's kind of a cool way. In fact, I think people today go, if your church isn't caring about those things, we're not interested in what you got to say, <laughs> because that's what Jesus cares about. But in just a few minutes, I want to tell you that there also is another aspect of our human responsibility that nobody else is going to join us in. And that is that if we don't take this one on as our burden and as our mission and our intention, then it's going to be totally left undone. It will not happen. And that is that God makes it pretty clear as a church that we've been given a mission from God. And, and I'm going to read this for you. It's really, really clear. And what's crazy about this mission endeavor is it will make no sense to anybody in the world who doesn't actually know Jesus, and yet it's the core of who we are. And that is this. We can't forget that he, Jesus, while he was here, as much compassion as he showed people, he came for one reason. And that was that God longs for every heart and every soul to know eternal life with him forever. And here's the crazy thing about the church, you guys. We're going to be out there caring for the poor, and people are going to be like, yes! And we're going to help people who don't have, have food or clean water, and the world's going to go, yes! 
And we're going to make sure that there isn't a kid in Utah that's not adopted. And the, and the, and the world's going to go, yes. And then we're going to go, and man, you need to know Jesus. And the world's going to go, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> See, this is a unique call on the church. And it's one that Jesus has given to us. John 17. This is what we've been looking at the last three weeks. Let's read this together again. This is Jesus Christ's prayer. And he says, And my prayer isn't for them alone, not just the twelve. I'm praying also for those who will believe in me through their message. So he's praying for us because we believe in him. And he says, I'm praying that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that, here's our purpose, okay, one in purpose. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they might be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, okay? So two weeks ago, remember, we are united in Christ. This is, you guys, this is the mystery. Man, if you didn't listen to that message, please go back and listen to this. There's nothing, it's just, it's been confounding me. I've known this truth for 27 years, and I was telling Susie yesterday, I feel like I've had a new revelation even of the understanding of the depth of the mystery that my spirit is one with God's. I mean, that's just insane, Lee. Cool. And that was, that's the mystery that through Christ, just as Jesus was in the Father and the Father was in Jesus, we can be united with him. It's crazy. And then he says, I and them and you and me, so that, there's purpose, they may be brought to complete unity. Here's the other crazy thing, right? The Jesus plan was, and Susie talked about this last week, teaching us that God's plan is that he would create a group of people who are so loved by God and so filled with his spirit that they actually love each other in such a miraculous way. And then it says what? I and them, you and me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then, and I'm bummed because this version, they, they messed up here, in my opinion. So that word then in the original language in the Greek is the same word for so that. So in other words, here's God's plan. I want to unite you in Christ so that you can be united with each other. So that, what? Look at this. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You guys, here's all I want to tell you, man. As we celebrate 10 years, the only reason K2, the church, exists is because God had a passion and a compassion for the people of Salt Lake, for you and for every person you know. And yes, are we going to care about the poor and the needy and the orphan and the widow? Yes, because Jesus is inside of us. But the other thing that we are going to be committed to is we are going to fulfill our purpose and our purpose is that we would be so one with him and so one with each other that somehow the rest of the world would actually look at us and there's two things he said would happen. The first thing that would happen is the world would know that Jesus Christ was sent from the Father. How cool is that? Because they would actually see something supernatural going on. And then I love this next thing he says. And my purpose is then the world will know that you have loved them 
even as you have loved me. Man, can I just ask you a question? If you're a follower of Christ today, do you know somebody right now who needs to know that God loves them? Do you know anybody right now who maybe has so much shame over a life of destruction, or maybe they've just made, made bad decisions, or their life is falling apart, and they, you can just see the life sucking out of it, and you try, and you just want to go, man, listen, man, you're loved by God, and they just can't buy it? How cool is it to know that our purpose is to let every person you know, God loves them. That is what we're here for. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for them. And here's what we need to understand, you guys. Nobody else is going to join us in that. There's going to be a lot of compassion. There are people who aren't religious at all, and they're showing tons of compassion, and it's great, and it's a good thing. But what the world needs to know is that there is reconciliation that can happen with God. And every coworker, neighbor, family member, friend, every person you know, God wants their spirit to be united with God his. He wants to give them eternal life. He wants to wipe away their sin. He wants to take away all of their guilt. He wants to set them free and give them his love, his joy, his peace, his strength, his power, his wisdom. He wants them to have what we have. And now I just want to tell you, man, that is what K2 the church is here for. And we're going to be committed. And why did we do Everyone Matters? Because everyone does, right? What did he say? He wants the whole world to know this. There's not a person that you know, and how cool is this? And I just want to tell you, man, once you've really, and I, I don't know where you guys are at right now, but once you've really had the love of God poured into your heart, I mean, once you've looked in the mirror and seen all of your sin and you see how ugly you really are, and then Jesus wipes all that away and says, man, all I see is absolute perfection. When you get loved that way, man, you know what the Bible says? Then you can't help but want everybody else to know that. You want the world to know the love of God. Can I just say, three, uh, the last two months when we talked about spiritual warfare, right? I want to tell you, one of the greatest weapons of spiritual warfare is for, to, is Satan does this, because Jesus said he's the father of all lies. And one of the biggest lies that, got, that Satan has against us is he tries to get us to doubt that God really loves us that much. Can I just ask you guys, just, let's just be honest for a second, how many of you in this room have struggled at times to really actually believe that God loves you? Okay? Not a surprise, huh? That is, I know that inside now because I know the Bible, but I still struggle, man, because here's why, and I want to tell you, here's why we got to fight this. Because when you're living in his love, and when you're not buying the lie, and when you're experiencing his grace inside of your heart, guess what happens? Then you're compelled, you're constrained, you're controlled. It's like you can't help it. I got to let other people know how awesome this is. Now think about this. If you're struggling to actually think, if your circumstances are hard, and the things around you are going bad, or you've made stupid decisions, and you're feeling shame, and all of a sudden you start to doubt that God loves you, how compelled are you to tell the rest of the world? You're not. It is one of the sneakiest, sickest schemes of the enemy to get you to start to doubt that God loves you. Because he knows this. If once you really know the love of God, you will be compelled. And you will give everything you've got 
to let the rest of the world know. And I want to tell you, man, K2 the church, that's who we are. That's what we started with. That's why we're moving to the fundum, because we believe that every person in this valley needs to know that Jesus Christ loves you, that God loves you, that he wants to reconcile you to God. He wants to take away your guilt. He wants to take away your sin. He wants to fill you and absolutely unite you with his spirit. And if he does, you will have life. And it'll be life to the full. So man, here's the deal. Let your good works shine. That's what Jesus said. Let your good works shine. So we're gonna, man, we're gonna keep ministering to South Salt Lake. Let your good works shine. We're gonna join Amy in her fight to make sure that every kid that needs a home will be adopted here in Utah. Let your good works shine. We are gonna go to Ekinzeni and we're gonna transform, continue to transform a whole community. Let your good works shine. And then Jesus said, so that people will glorify your Father in heaven. So in the midst of being out there in our tangible way, we're also going to be out there letting everybody know that Jesus Christ has died for you too to take away your sin, to reconcile you back to God. So fight the good fight, you guys. Encourage one another with the love and the truth of God so that we can be the church. Because I want to tell you, man, there's nothing, there's nothing like watching somebody's soul find life by receiving the Spirit of God. And that's why K2 The Church exists. So as the band comes up, this first song that they're going to sing is called Oceans, which is kind of like, I feel like it's our theme song right now as a church. And it's a song based on right when Peter stepped out of the water and he actually walked down the water. And, I, and here's the deal. He had to step out, man. And I love how the song says, you like my boot, by the way? Um, that's, anyway, yes, uh, yes, I didn't even realize that. But as he stepped out onto the water, he knew, he, he saw Jesus. And because his faith was in Christ, he could actually walk on the water. Supernatural stuff happened because he took the risk to step out with God. But then the waves crash, right? And we look around at all the other stuff and then we start to doubt. And then he started to sink. The love of God is what can keep us. We gotta keep our eyes focused on Jesus. So we'll keep taking risks. So we'll keep being a church that really is gonna care. That we'll keep being a church that lets everybody know about Jesus Christ. We're gonna keep doing that. We're gonna keep taking that risk because that's what brings people life. And let's fight all the stuff that makes us feel like God doesn't love us. It's just not the truth. We're united in Christ, united with each other. We're united in one purpose, man. We're going to let this world know that they can find life in Christ. So let's stand together. Let's worship.